Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. I'm trying to have that in my own relationship. I would love to have some late night wine, you know, conversations, being each other's point person. I, I, I just, I ship that. I ship that hard. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Talking Ship, brought to you by the Believe Podcast Network. I'm Megan Fitzgerald. On this podcast, we talk about fictional couples from TV and why we love them or why we don't, what they get right, how they mess it up, and what we can learn from them in our non-fictional lives. Because sometimes it's just clearer to make your point by saying, this is just like that one episode of This Is Us than it is to explain the entirety of a very nuanced, complicated relationship situation. Speaking of complicated relationship situations, I'm oh, I'm just I'm so excited for this episode because we are talking about Randall and Beth Pearson of This Is Us, who I think are just one of our 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 cultures, our generations, yeah. people who consume pop culture right now, the general hour favorite couples on TV of the past decade. And I think everyone at some point who watches this show has watched them be adorable. Or I love when they're, there's some point where some people are like, they're, you're adorable. And they're like, we know. We know. Uh, yeah, we they're know. like talking to their therapist. <laughs> <laughs> was, I was like, that's goals. Yes. Um, or we've watched them be badasses and, or just like gr- incredible parents and thought, yeah what we just said that's goals but this episode we're doing something unique that we've actually never done on the show and we're going to focus on a very specific fight that this couple has and if you know you know it is the fight and it's the fight that happens at the end of season three that beth refers to as the same fight they've been having for 20 years so for them this is the fight this is the central conflict they keep coming back to And in one episode at the end of uh, season three, they have this big blowout fight, which I think it's an incredible episode because I went to theater school. So watching a 20 minute bedroom fight play out is really it just takes me back to my roots. I'm a sucker for it. Um, But I think a lot of people can relate to this episode, you know, whether you watched a million takes of Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf or not, because because I think a lot of people relate to to this idea of there being the fight and there being a central conflict, both in our romantic and platonic relationships that many of us have that we keep coming back to, or we keep putting it off until we can't anymore. Because at one point we will have to deal with it if we want to continue on as a stronger and better couple as Randall and Beth do. So we're going to get into it and talk about what we can learn from them. But first, I'm going to introduce this lovely, adorable voice and laugh um, and bring on my co-host for this episode. She's an incredible actor. She's an incredible human being. And so she's perfectly equipped to really get inside the heads of the most emotionally vulnerable cast on television, the cast of This Is Us. Welcome, Tony Pollard. Hi. Hello. Hi. I'm so excited to be here. So we'll get to know you and some of your relationship uh, you know, takes and background as the uh, episode goes on. But just to kind of give the listeners a little primer on like the point of view that you're bringing, you want to give us just like a little primer on you and what you're all about and, yes. and a little bit about your love life, if you're comfortable yes. with it. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So, uh, well, first of all, I'm coming to you from the, my closet in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> for me, what am I, I'm 26 years old and 
up until 25, I had never been in a serious relationship before. Very much the individual who um, admires people from afar, makes like fake relationships in their head. And um, it goes for the person who's really not right for you and is emotionally unavailable um, Mm -hmm. or just like emotionally not really compatible in that Mm -hmm. way. That's so Um, weird, Tony. I can't relate at all. I don't know how you found yourself in that situation. I feel so bad for you. Yes. Putting myself in (laughs) agony time and time again. Mm -hmm. I'm newly in my first committed, very serious relationship. Um, And it's great because Beth and Randall are actually couples goals for us. And we've talked about that before, me and and my girlfriend. Um, And we both feel like, you know, we have a little bit of Beth and Randall in each of us. And for me, I'm very much kind of like very into astrology, very into breaking down who people are based Mm -hmm. off of their their full birth chart. You know, we we understand now that we cannot go just off sun signs. It's a very Mm -hmm. intricate thing but i would like to point out that randall is a virgo and so am i (laughs) Uh, I of course he's a virgo i don't know what came first them like writing i want i want to know who does this in writer room in writers rooms who decides their birthday because he is such a virgo but i wonder what came first were they like let's design this character who's a virgo or if they designed randall and they're like let's put in his birthday and somebody was like he's a virgo he's a virgo to a t and i think i don't know i mean i feel like I mean, I yeah, chicken or the egg. I want to say that it's like kind of maybe the second because I feel like it'd be so difficult to just build yeah. around a birthday. But, but it I'm is sure. funny. Yeah. And I wonder if they're, I mean, I don't know, maybe some writers build their characters that way if they're really into astrology. Maybe that's, that's true. Their they're first... just an excellent writer. Yeah. In that yeah. Way. Um, <laughs> and sorry. then, no, no problem. And I feel like the, I've looked it up. I don't know that we have actual evidence of this, but I think Beth is a Scorpio. There's some mm-hmm. some some um, chirps out there, and my sister is actually a Scorpio. So we have. I feel like our relationship dynamic is very similar to that. In that, like, I'm the more like kind of high strung one, and she's very mm-hmm. kind of like settle down. You're fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's really nice to watch that dynamic play out. But for me, yeah, I'm I'm in, in a newly kind of committed relationship. And I think that, you know, watching this fight, this fight that, you know, she says that they've been having for their entire relationship, it's Mm -hmm. so, for me, I feel like it's so easy. Like, that's such an easy thing to fall into. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just because people who they are as individuals, you just have your things. Sure, you might might be really aware of it. I tend to be hyper aware of some of the things that are repetitive, maybe roadblocks in Mm -hmm. my relationship. But yeah, it's so it's such an easy thing to fall into. And so I feel like not kind of nipping that in the bud in the beginning, it was just inevitable that we would end up here with the two of them. Yes. And I think it's such a I think to me, it was a big relief that the show gave us this fight because I don't know, in with so many of the other characters, I feel like their flaws and their conflicts were so obvious but Beth and Randall were doing so many big things, right? So it humanized them. And I think it was very relatable that it wasn't one big thing, right? It wasn't the fact that he, you know, brought his father home. It wasn't the fact that he wanted to suddenly adopt. It had nothing to do with these big decisions they made together. It was like little missed moments and little miscommunications and little nuances of the relationship building over time and I think that's a much more realistic thing and I think sometimes on TV 
or or even when we're writing like narratives about our own relationships or our friends' relationships, we're like, oh, it all comes back to that. And we want right. to make it really simple. Right. And with Beth and Randall, it's not. You know, we get this flashback that, it, that they have to show several moments throughout their relationship right. that are building on each other. So I just think it was so well done. And so, I don't know, just this show... <laughs> They just do such no, a lovely get you job. In the gut, <laughs> yeah. Um, but let's talk about so let's talk about our relationships to the show for a few minutes. I'll let you go first because you are you are a week to week this I is am. A watcher. Okay, tell I me am. about it. <laughs> week to week, like usually with my mom. Sometimes my mom and my sister when you know we all used to be together. But unless there is some, you know, circumstance in which, like, I cannot be in front of my television watching this show and I have to catch up, I will. But I do. I find myself, like, gearing up emotionally to sit mm-hmm. down. I am very much that way. I, I really enjoy things that make me cry. Yeah. Um, so this actually was the perfect show for me. But I do remember, yeah, when they first released the trailer for this show. And for me, I was just seeing a lot of it on Facebook. And mm-hmm. at the time, I actually don't know if I, I mean, I guess I just missed it. I did not see NBC attached. So I remember watching the trailer and thinking like, it was really long and not being sure whether it was a movie or a television show mm-hmm. because it is a little bit more cinematic in that scope and instantly being drawn to it. And the pilot episode, you know, it's be- absolutely beautiful. And mm-hmm. I think... I think that the special thing about this show is that we, you know, really get to see like a much fuller version of these characters' lives. Um, Mm -hmm. A lot of other shows, you know, they use flashbacks and flash forwards sometimes, um, not as often. I don't think you get that as often in shows, but a lot of the times flashbacks as like smaller devices, you know, to kind of give context into characters, Mm -hmm. but it feels a lot more like a treat. Like I think about, and I think about this episode when I was, um, when I was going over this is that like in Gilmore Girls, we have that episode. And I don't remember if it's like the second season or third, but we have that, ep- that episode where we get to go back and watch Lorelai, you know, right. find out that she's pregnant. Yeah. And the reason that that's like such like so much fun to watch is because we're invested. We know who she is now. Mm-hmm. And it's nice, when, especially when history is like so much a part of that show and the relationships where they right. are then to get a glimpse of that is like so nice. Yeah. And that is this whole show. That's the whole show. It's integral to this. And so it's just like, it's such a special experience watching it. Yeah, it's so satisfying because it's, it's, I mean, from the pilot, which like when they revealed what the structure would come to be, which is a series, which is living essentially in three different timelines, or I don't even know how many timelines at this point, but like that watching different timelines would not be a device but it as you were saying we're saying that is the show that is essential to the show the first time that was revealed in the pilot i just bawled because it's just like really effective yeah. and then you know then you get a sense of like oh i'm going to get that cathartic experience you get when you watch the like Lorelai Christopher like mom i'm going to vote democrat like <laughs> flashback <laughs> but right. we're going to get it week after week after week that's how they i don't know that's how they get us to cry they do. that's how it's they get just us like to you care. care about the characters on a, just a completely different level because mm-hmm. you just feel like you know them so well and you understand mm-hmm. the depths of their relationship that yes. much more. Yes. And it's like, you know, I think some people <laughs> like, will hate on the show for being like emotionally manipulative, but like <laughs> it's also just excellently structured storytelling. Absolutely. And then, yeah, my relationship to it is I have watched it in like big spurts mm-hmm. and then take a break. Like I think 
my family and all watched it together on a trip. To, like they were coming to visit me in New York, and I think we in my very small apartment watched like nine hours of This Is Us over the course of their trip. Just like really got into it because we, you know, as a family have an addictive personality when it comes to binging. Um, (laughs) But I think it's actually one of the best shows on television to watch it in the way that television is designed to be watched, which is week to week. Like Mm. I I actually do think it's hard to binge it because it is so emotional and you do go on like a full journey every week. And that's why to me week to week makes so much sense because it is, you know, what it what TV was designed to be is like everyone in in this setting, which is like, all right, this is the hour of the week and we're going to gather around and we're going to feel something and and right. like set aside that time. Obviously, we're actors, so we're asked to feel all the time, but some people aren't. And some people right. need that hour <laughs> a week where they're going to like think about their family and their relationships and like care about these fictional people right. and cry a lot. I think right. it's Everyone should be crying more. Right. And I was going to say, I think this is us for that. (laughs) Like, I know, I actually know a few people who are seriously like, I can't watch this show at Uh all because it just brings up too many, like, intense emotions. Mm -hmm. And for them, I feel very bad about that because I I feel like they're missing out on a lot. (laughs) Right. Right. And maybe I would encourage them to, like, maybe take a look at why we can't. (laughs) (laughs) This is us might be a good stepping stone to um, therapy. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, um, well, you know, speaking of therapy. uh, So (laughs) uh, later in this episode, obviously, we're going to really get into the fight. But before we go that get into that, we're going to go into relatable content. So, because I think people can certainly relate to having this big fight, but I also think a ba- people can relate to being a Randall and Beth generally, and like, especially, you know, ambitious, powerful, big feeling people who, mm-hmm. I don't know, enjoy podcasts about TV and TV relationships. Um, so, you may relate to Randall and Beth if you consider yourself an alpha and never imagined that in a relationship you would beta somebody else. Mm, that's a good one. If you bet on yourselves as a couple, you make those leap of faith decisions because you know that you can do anything with that person by your side. Mm-hmm. You're both incredibly ambitious in your careers and you want a life that is your own while still maintaining a partnership. If one of you calls the other one out on their corny jokes. Mm-hmm. And I think if you're also able to call them out on their bullshit, which leads nicely, I think before we get into like their fight and really right. breaking down this like kind of nasty fight, I think we should just talk about some of the things that we love about their relationship for a bit and what they do well. Yeah, I think like as we mentioned, they're a really strong couple. When we meet them in the very beginning, when the show starts, they are 17 years deep, which is an incredibly long time. Um, Mm -hmm. And then when you find out meeting in college, it's a very long time of knowing someone. Um, And they really are like in step with each other every single way. I think it's like, I love character introductions in a pilot. Like I love Mm -hmm. like that one moment where you just get like, okay, this is who these people are. Yeah. And for them, I think it's so, it's like so great. It's so fun. They're at the girls' soccer game and their girls are playing like right next to each other and one's looking at one game and the other's looking at the other game and they're like talking to each other and then they switch it just gives you that perfect like idea that okay they are a team Mm -hmm. um and I love watching that and I feel like they also have you know some of the sweetest moments that you've seen on television 
Mm-hmm. They can be just like very intimate and vulnerable and open with each other. Um, the fact that Randall, you know, after talking to Beth, can tell her something like she's the the best sound that he's ever heard. Oh. It's just like things like that are so touching. And I think for me personally, I love getting to see a black couple like that show love and be unproblematic and be like rooted in their love, their success, their affection that they have for one another, especially in a platform like this. But that also, you know, it's not they're completely universal that everybody can look up mm-hmm. to them and and you know want a relationship like that you know i love that they're like cheerleaders for each other when he's running for councilman and i just remember he has that that moment where he doesn't seem like he's doing too well at the debate but then he gives that really long speech and you just see beth in the audience they pan to her and it's just like such a look of pride and you know when you mm-hmm. feel like you can feel just so happy for the person that you love in every moment that they succeed and then them as parents and i think mm-hmm. that you know first when we, they bring deja into their home and you know what that decision means bringing another child like that's a huge step and we know that that's really important for randall and they do it together and but they're like the kind of home that they that uh, that they you know foster for all of their children mm-hmm. i think that it's like i love seeing the kind of little activity moments when they're getting ready in the morning and it's like randall's braiding his daughter's oh, hair yeah. and like things yeah. like that. And to hear Deja in a moment, like feel what it is to, to be loved by them, to know mm-hmm. that they think that she's an exceptional human being. And I'm sure and that, that they feel that way about all their children. All of them mm-hmm. are exceptional and to love your children like that. And I just think like what great parenting that is. Those are by far, like those are the, my favorite things to see them do. Yeah. Ugh. You brought up so much that I want to touch on that. First of all, I'm just really glad that their opening scene is is that soccer game scene because I'm going to attempt to make a lot of sports analogies in this episode <laughs> about the idea of teams. So I'm right. really glad that we are rooted in that. And there is so much, you know, speaking about Randall specifically, I think they wrote his character in such a way and he portrays it in such a way where like mm. he is a father and he is a successful in his career, but there is no toxic masculinity mm-hmm. in him. He is able to have this powerful presence in his family, yeah. but still like openly talk about his feelings and cry. I mean, no tears on TV move faster than Sterling K. Brown's tears. <laughs> They flow, they flow steady. steady. And, he's, and remember, he looks like calm waters too, but oh, it's just like, it's deep. You can it, feel it. They are racing out. And I was like, and I'm like, I refuse to believe that there is a tear stick. I don't think anyone uses think a tear so. stick on that show. No. I bet you, if you use a tear stick on This Is Us. They're like, oh. <laughs> you just can't, you, <laughs> you can't get there. <laughs> you can't get there. Okay. You're not getting cast if you need a tear stick. But I think that's to say that I think a lot of the times when we see these like, alpha characters on tv women and men who are like you know bosses and have it together and are super Mm -hmm. in control the way that it's written is that they're they're these things but they're not in touch with their emotions right you know that's how it's written and they're these two characters are so much more than that and i think it's so beautiful that we're able to see a family that does run their household like efficiently because they have to right but also can talk about these real things. And obviously there are missed moments, which is why we have this fight. But generally, like I think they're such a beautiful example of, of being able to balance both. Right. And I especially love them because I think they really ground the show because 
I don't know. Everyone has different opinions on who their favorite This Is Us character <laughs> is. But sometimes, I, you know, when you're getting frustrated, I think we find some of them more frustrating than others. And when I'm oh, yeah. frustrated with Kate or with Kevin or many of the rest of them, with Kevin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> they, I think, are such a rock. And I think that that shows that their marriage is such a solid partnership and it's a grounding force in the show. But I also think it is the grounding force in their lives because their lives are otherwise kind of chaotic, chaotic, good, chaotic, bad and chaotic crying. Um, Whereas I think for other couples on TV, the relationship is the chaotic or dramatic thing. It's all about the like, will they, won't they, or will we be able to work through this? And for most of the show, kind of except for this big part we're going to talk about, that's not in question. Like right. their their relationship is solid. And I think that it's so nice to have something so grounding. And, and I think it's great for us to see, I think marriages on TV have shifted so much over the past 50 years of television. And uh, there are lots of couples that no longer fa- fall into like the gender stereotypes of like, this kind of like dopey dad and this kind of successful mom but they are just I think such a great example of how far the trope has come and that Mm -hmm. they are truly always a united front and like you said you know he's doing his daughter's hair in the morning and there's no like dumb plot line of like oh I have to figure out like he, he there's yeah there's no like moment where you're like he's fumbling and we're like oh (laughs) no it's just like everything's working to the T Right. And he's like, I'm going to make six figures a year and I'm going to braid my daughter's hair in the morning. Yeah. You know, like and that you can you can have both things. It would be so easy for them not to be a united front because to Beth's point, Randall is so much and his <laughs> family is so much. It would be really easy for her to be resentful or for them or for him to even like separate out those parts of his life. Right. For him to like his family to deal with that on his own and for him to go on his own on this trips and for Beth to accept that, but they don't, they're all in it together. Mm-hmm. And I think that's especially impressive. It's impressive to me that they have been together for so long and managed to stay in step because I think a lot of couples that get together young miss growing up together. Like right. they get stuck in who they were and Randall and Beth really seem to have grown together. Right. I think we see this in that episode it, it's in that the fight episode but we get the flashback of their wedding yeah where they write their vows together back to back yeah and i think to like get to a point where they learned enough about of each other that they know kind of like she probably she knows he's freaking out right and rewriting and she, he knows she's freaking out <laughs> it's like not but, even a thing just like yeah. she's working on them at the time of like, randall mm-hmm. wrote 20 pages of absolutely nothing essentially <laughs> yeah. so she's like you know what we're going to figure this out together right now. Yes. Yes. And then figuring it out together. I just think that moment is so beautiful where they write their vows back to back and it shows that they're fully strong, capable, actualized adults who speak their mind, but they are better together and they do bring out the best of each other. I think it's hard to have two very strong people bring out the best in each other without asking anyone to dim their light for the other person. (sighs) And that's where we get this fight. That's where the problems are. Yeah, it was kind of inevitable. To me, it feels inevitable. A lot of couples where there are two two out. I don't want to like alpha feels like a generalization, but I'm just using it to like kind of simplify. Like neither of these people are passive people. Right. You know what I mean? Um, so I think that that's kind of inevitable when two, when you have two people that are like that. Right. I mean, and, and get it. Like, yes, as much as you can be in partnership with someone like at the end of the day, I have not, I've not seen a relationship where, where, you know, we haven't 
they don't get into any big fight. And I yeah. think as painful as this is, and and um, like not to get ahead of myself because I think mm. we could bring it around later. But as painful mm. as this fight is, essentially, it only makes them stronger. Yeah. And I think the only couples that don't <clears throat> fight are couples where like one or both of them are not being 100% honest. Right. And I, maybe that's what I mean by like alpha versus beta. I think someone who is more beta or more passive would just let these things continue without needing to say something. Right. And needing to have the fight. And I think inevitably, if you are being honest, there will eventually be conflict in yeah. any relationship. Yeah. So, uh, you know, this is an example of what happens when when two people get honest. And I think it is it is ultimately end of day, as you said, good because it makes them stronger. OK, we're going to take a quick break to talk about one of our partners for this episode. Support for Talking Ship is brought to you by Just Live, a trusted source for high quality wellness CBD products created by athletes just for you. I feel like there are so many CBD products out there right now, but what's cool about Just Live is that they have specific focuses. So there are actually six different flavors and functions of the gummies, including sleep, energy, focus, immunity, calm, and vitamin C. Uh, imagine having any of those things during a global pandemic as we're all trying to figure out what the new world looks like. But I personally have trouble sleeping, so I love the sleep gummy. And they're vegan and they're low in sugar. And like I said, they were founded by athletes. So, you know, people who care about what's going in their body. Uh, Clay Thompson, Alex Morgan, Travis Pastrana, and Paul Rodriguez because they wanted to create a CBD product that they could trust and that they could stand behind. So if you need support with sleep or focus or energy or stress or your immune system, because we're all about to be kissing a bunch of people, I highly recommend giving these a try. And right now, if you buy one of the gummy products, you get the other free. So again, there are six different benefits to choose from. And instead of choosing one, visit justlive.com and use the code support to buy one and get one free. So you can focus on your immune system and your energy. So you'll be all ready for shot girl summer. So buy one, get one free of the new gummies lined with the code support at justlive.com. That's buy one, get one free at justlive.com. Use code support. All right. And let's get back into our Randall Beth conversation. Get into it. Let's get into the fight. <clears throat> oh, here we go. All right. Here we go. Let's get into the fight. So I'm going to give like a tiny little bit of background in case people haven't watched in a while because this was from season three. It's so a little bit back. Yes. Um, so this is after Randall has ru run for city council and won in Philly, though they but they live in New Jersey. So he's doing this long commute. Beth had lost her job, I think, like a few months back. Is that right? Yes. Yes. It's yes. been a couple months. And so she goes back to her first love of dance and is teaching at a dance studio. And so he's balancing, you know, this commute from New Jersey to Philly, his new role as a councilman, but also making sure that like Beth can teach her classes. He is home for her evening classes and they're trying to parent three children. So he almost but doesn't miss one of her recitals. Then it seems like she's almost about to bail on one of his important dinners. But really, it's just that her phone is dead and she's on her way and she's driving and she's stuck in traffic. And he leaves her a message where he belittles her job and tells her to grow up. And then they go home and they have this fight that Beth calls, as we've said, the same fight they've been having for 20 years. 
And essentially, to we'll play play some audio from it. But I think in summary, it's that Randall, when Randall wants something, he gets something. Yes. And she bends and she compromises and that their lives don't work unless she is the one doing that. She's unwilling to do that anymore. But here's, we're not gonna play the whole fight because this is most of the episode. But <laughs> here's a here's a clip. We made a promise to one another that we would never get lost in each other. And I broke that promise. And you let me. You have let me bend to your every need time and time again. Oh, we have kids. I have to step back from my job. You quit your job. I work overtime. You have a dream of buying your father's building. It becomes my dream, too. You run for city councilman. I stand by your side. You win city councilman. Now what? I'm supposed to give up what I love to become a politician's wife? How many days am I supposed to go to, Randall? And how long? Our lives don't work unless I'm doing the bending. No. No, I don't accept that, Beth. I'm not, I'm not going along with this revisionist history. Revisionist history? Okay, okay I'm in trying what to... universe have I been steamrolling you for the past 20 years? All right, so everyone, Tony and I are actors, and so we're going to use our acting chops to really put ourselves in the point of view of these characters, and we've each chosen a side to be on, and we're going to, you know, make the case for this character, even though, you know, probably as as audience members, we've got a little bit more nuance and understanding, but today... We're acting and we're getting in their heads. And so we're going to start with our opening arguments and I will be, I will be fighting for um, um, Mr. Randall. So here's my opening statement for Randall's case and why I believe that Randall, I don't know if is right is correct, but here's why I empathize with Randall. Um, Randall's a lot. And by I, I am someone who is constantly called a lot and I don't enjoy being called a lot, but I think it is part of our culture's vernacular mm-hmm. with someone being a lot. And so I think in this case, that means, yes, sometimes anxious and sometimes ambitious and sometimes deeply feeling and emotional to the point where it's inconvenient. But also I think being a lot means that you're incredibly caring and incredibly thoughtful. And, you know, we see these flashbacks to their first date where he wears a suit and a tie and talks about his dad's death 10 minutes in. (laughs) And we're like, Oh, Randall, we love you. But this is like the definition of a lot. And this is how us people who are a lot get this bad rap. And I think someone who has been called this, and I too have been called this, when we find someone that we love and who loves us, I think the understanding and the faith that we're putting into the relationship, the faith that Randall has put into this relationship is that this person loves us in part because of those things. And that's the trust you put in the relationship in that you know that you're a lot and that you know that your partner knows this and is on board for this and doesn't make you feel shamed for wanting big things and asking a lot about of your life. So I think Randall is operating and has been operating from the faith that Beth gets this. And I think that Randall and Beth have also established a lot of trust because we, she does even, even when they're, you know, in graduate school, call him out on it from their first date. She's calling him out on his shit. Or even the several proposals thing. Yeah. Yeah. Like she's like, no, I'm focusing on my thing. Exactly. Exactly. So I think that if you're Randall and you're seeing that, you're like, okay, 
this is a this is my partner because she's calling me on things and I'm trusting that she is that that's what this is. So I think especially and so I think that he's also trusting that if something was wrong, she would say something because it feels to me and to Randall that that's who she is. She is someone who calls him out on bullshit. She's so communicative about other things. She is the emotional head of the household. And I think Beth seems to thrive on being someone who lays down the law and who gets through to people when nobody else can. And I think that what has happened to Beth is that she thinks that she's been speaking truth to Randall for so long. And I think what she discovers 20 years into the relationship is that she hasn't been honest with herself. And I think she's been gotten very good at fooling herself and like what she is actually okay with that. She doesn't necessarily know that she wasn't being honest anymore, or at least she was ignoring it. And so it didn't come through to Randall because she was covering it up herself. So because in their many, many heart, <clears throat> heart to hearts, if she wasn't actually being honest and straightforward when she is honest and straightforward in so many other ways, how mm-hmm. was Randall supposed to know that she was feeling this way? Right. So w- that's why I understand when he's like, this is revisionist history. In what way are you some wallflower? That is not the like core of their relationship. So I think that Randall kind of like genuinely is blindsided that like this thing that we established that I put faith in that I trust it, it turns out this whole time that's not how you were feeling. I to me, I would all I would feel equally blindsided as mm-hmm. as Randall did. And we'll get late into this later, but then to bring <laughs> up his anxiety attacks. Mm. That that was a low blow. It but was. we'll talk about that in a bit. Yes. The cut deep. And uh and and she knows it. Like as soon as mm-hmm. she says it, she knows it. Um mm-hmm. but yeah, but I do think that, you know, where we end up in that fight, calling him out on that, I think is it is it's a fair place to to kind of start out and reflect too, because I feel like and I want to be careful when I say this because I feel that I don't think Beth thinks either that like Randall's mental health issues, his anxiety attacks that he struggles with. It's not like, that's not the reason that we're here. Right. You know, let's no. like, I think it's, you have to be very careful about being like, yes, it, it tends, it tends to have been a catalyst for some to, to maybe how they made some of the decisions and, and how they may have ended up here. But it's like, it's not because of Randall's you know, anxiety that we're here. That's not the issue. And she knows that. Yes. But yeah, for Beth, I will say that all those things are, a a lot of those things, a lot of those things are true. You know, Mm -hmm. Beth absolutely knows the person that she's in a relationship with. You know, she knows he's a lot. That moment on the first date, it's like she, (laughs) like literally she's sitting there and like, who is this person? How the fuck did I end up here? And yet, you know, goes on another date with him. It's like, that's how the mm-hmm. relationship begins. So, of course, I think that in their marriage and in, in, in that commitment that she's made to him, like, she knows that R- Randall has, like, these huge passions and things he wants to pursue and big feelings. And a lot of that has to do with, you know, his background, um, like, where he he's come from with his family. And it's not, it doesn't always make for, like, the most simple dynamic but I also think that she loves that about him because mm. they're equally yoked in that way. She's got big dreams and big passion is incredibly driven and is ambitious. So it's nice when you have a teammate like that. So again, like that trust that's there for sure. Mm. I think that, you know, a large part of this and we'll get into like all the benchmarks, but I think mm. that it is so important to, to, you know, talk about the fact that when she loses her job in the beginning of this season, 
is the exact moment where Randall comes home and says that he wants to run for council. Mm-hmm. And I think that in that moment, you can see she's go- she's juggling several things at one time, which I think, you know, is is kind of like the essence of, of what Beth is doing in their relationship. You know, the whole course of the relationship is just juggling many things at one time. I think that is, yes, why it suits her to be the emotional head of the household and why I think she's so good at speaking her mind mind but i would say that she understands and cares for the you know well-being of randall and her family and that's incredibly important to her and that comes first and that's not a i don't believe that that's a problem for her mm-hmm. either of course her family comes first but that does mean that she's had to bend in ways that randall hasn't hasn't had to do and i think the thing about that realization is that it was 20 years maybe into the relationship and Beth takes accountability for that. She says like, yes, I lost myself. I didn't realize that I didn't like that. I didn't really know what I was looking for, but I think that when she steps up to Randall and says, but you let me, is is that it really is important for her that Randall takes some accountability in that because they did make a promise to each other that they wouldn't, you know, that they would be their own person. And sure, that's your responsibility. You know, your happiness is in large part your responsibility. But I also feel like there's so much along the way that's essentially Randall letting Beth kind of take these steps back. And I think that, yes, when Beth says that, like, they don't work unless unless she bends, like, we have a lot of evidence of that. There's this scene in one of the first episodes and... It's when Beth is talking to William and I think her just kind of, because we haven't even seen the panic attack yet. So we're just going Mm. off of her own recounting of the situation. And she talks about, you know, how much stress he had taken on and him wanting to do everything himself. And the breaking point that it got him to where he literally couldn't see anything and him calling out to her and you being, you know, in the position of literally not being able to do anything to help that person. Like, I can't imagine what kind of, you know, stress, like that uncontrollable feeling that you don't have any control over that situation, like what that did to her and how, you know, even from that point, how that kind of set all these things in motion that, that played out to, yes, maybe Beth needing to bend in order for her to make things work. What I will say is that, you know, obviously we get to this point where she kind of pulls that out as a punch and we've made Randall really aware that that's the reason, that's a a huge reason of her decision-making. You know, he's not really aware of that. And I think, you know, what we see now, like later seasons, is that it's 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 an open topic you know she openly right. says she, she doesn't want to put a lot of pressure on him stresses him to get you know therapy and and all this kind mm-hmm. of stuff but yeah at the time like they're not talking about that she's taking that on completely herself That's- and so it's not necessarily fair yes that she you know she gets to that point because it could have been a conversation you know it could have been like yeah. anything else that they're open about but right. but right. it is a big real it's like a big reason that that yeah that she's had to bend yeah that's interesting. And we'll get into the the specific comment and just like the nastiness of the fight in a bit. I think you're right in that, like, I think they both have accountability to take, right? Like she has accountability that like, yes, I haven't been totally honest with you about what I want, but he should also take a bit more. I don't know. I just feel like I'm so self-aware and I just, I feel like women are so <laughs> self-aware right. of the effect that they have on other people. So the fact that he has never 
thought about how not necessarily the yes the anxiety attacks but just how he's never thought about how his big choices affect her like to put all of the impetus on her to bring it up if it was a problem right i understand that that's unfair right but i also think that like it's not like randall is this like career focus willy-nilly like making these big decisions for no good reason like a lot of decisions he's making are family focused are are for the betterment of the world that they live in and the family that they're creating and daughters that they want to raise yeah he is also doing things for the making sacrifices right making decisions for them right like it's not necessarily when she talks about you know them her needing to bend and like they don't work unless she bends it does and it kind of shed a little bit of a like uh, a sense that he's just like incredibly narcissistic in that way like just only thinking about himself but in truth a lot of the decisions he makes are you know for the family but I will Mm -hmm. say that I think when he gets to the point of saying that oh he was just you know steamrolling her career and she became some wallflower that Mm -hmm. and I can I can do this sometimes in arguments too it's just like it's a little bit of an oversimplification like you took that you took all of what she was saying in that moment and and kind of brought it down I mm-hmm. think to put it in those to put it in those phrases I'm just kind of like I think you missed the point a little bit and that's where I'm on best sides of things where I'm like you have to be able to see the nuance what yes what she's trying to express mm-hmm. in that moment and I keep I'm avoiding saying the actual phrases because I have that broken down in the next part um well let's go I think vagueness. we're ready yes yeah let's go into yeah let's go into his where should we talk about like specifically what they what they each said yes is that what we want to talk about okay why don't you you kick us off so this fight okay it gets a little tricky because we've really kind of been building at this for Mm. several episodes now you know like i said it's all pretty much i think was put in motion when she lost her job but i feel like not to say that people should go you know tit for tat on on comments but Mm. earlier in this night it really started because Randall called her and left that message and, and you know, yeah. talked about she was acting. What did he say? He tells her, he says um, something about tr- teaching a board housewives how to twirl. Right. And then he ends it with grow up. Beth. Right. And it's just like, I'm thinking that, number one, to get to that point, because in s- some of the moments that happened before that is that after Beth loses her job, she actually works on his campaign trail for a little bit. Mm. He offers her that position, which is really great of him. Like, you know, he wanted to see her work. Mm. But what that led to, they get to a point where it seems like things are kind of stretching thin. Tess comes out to them. Beth is worried about, like, not being there for that. And, you know, they have Deja and they have Annie. And she asks Randall to step back from um, running because it doesn't look so great. And, you know, Randall's like, I need to see this through. So I feel like in that moment, that's a moment where Beth was that Beth was being honest. Beth was saying that's this. True. How is this going to work? I think we need to re, you know, focus here. This is that moment where they're supposed to act as a team. And Randall essentially said, no, I have to do this for me. You know, mm. which I understand. Honestly, in that moment, I watched it. I was a little surprised that Beth. You asked him to do uh, that. Okay. I that didn't really feel like that seemed kind of like out of character for her. And we know. Well, that's interesting that you say that. I think it is out of character because I think that's not 
who they are because they are let's figure it out couple. Right. You know, and that's what they tell their daughters and that's what they tell their family members. And I think the reason that that happens, that they get to that point, and I think the reason that it gets so bad is that they, they're not, they are better together. And at this point, they're not working together. Right. And I think they have, they get out of sync and they're not working together. It's Randall doing his Randall thing without being able to like encompass the rest of it's listen soccer is not um a solo (laughs) sport you know soccer is a team sport and he wasn't using all of the members on his team and so things got really bad and i think that beth asking him to do that if i was in that position i would feel this is now gonna like i'm not trying to like turn this into a conversation about when you have a family how you uh, you know are expected to give up so much of your own personal ambitions and goals because i could go on a tirade about that but I think it is important for, especially, you know, when it's a cause that you believe in and something you believe in deeply and passionately. And, you know, his campaign manager said something about like, if you step down, people who put their faith in an outsider with no experience in politics are going to like never do that again. Like there are consequences that are bigger than the family if if he steps down. But I think they get to that point because they're not being the like solution oriented couple that they are. Right. I love that solution oriented. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. And I, so I feel like just to, because I, I I do have a path here. It seems like I got lost, but I do have a path. So (laughs) (laughs) looking back at that moment, Randall was like, I have to do this for me. And so fine. They go on about their business. But what we see play out is, yes, Randall not being there for a lot of the things that he should be there for because they are. They're stretched too thin. It's it's the holidays. Beth's doing all the shopping by herself. And they bring this up in a conversation. And Randall pulls out this kind of like, you know, are you just upset with me because I have something that I'm really passionate about and you don't have anything right now kind of moment. And I think that really pinches her. I mean, that would fucking pinch me. If someone said that to me, I would think I would would have to walk out of the room just like she did. Having said that, having, you know, this moment where you're like, you don't have anything and that's the reason why you're upset, that we find our way now to a moment where Beth finds what she's looking for. Mm -hmm. It is now the moment where you guys, yes, you both have your own thing. And I think in that moment where he called her and talked about housewife board housewives twirling that, mm-hmm. you know, you're just kind of like, Oh, I'm so sorry. Like she has her thing now. And because it's stepping on the toes of your thing, we need to lash out. So having mm-hmm. got, I feel like once we kind of see where all of that led to, to me, I'm kind of like, I, I understand Beth being like, you don't get your way. We don't do things to serve kind of what Randall's ambitions are. Then it doesn't work. Yeah. From her point of view, when I don't have a passion, I get talked down to because I'm jealous of you. Right. And when I do have a passion, it's not important enough. Right. To you. Right. Um, but I know I'm supposed to be on team Randall. So here, here, <laughs> here's the point that I would make is like, I think, okay, because this particular dance studio, the one in New Jersey, we eventually do see that this isn't truly like her dream dream. You know what I mean? We like do. We, we do eventually <laughs> see that it kind of, it is board housewives. And like, Randall and, was correct. And, <laughs> yeah, right. And, and, and like that she's not working with or and for people that like match up with her values. Right. And so like, I think that 
maybe Randall gets the sense that like, I don't know, I can see, I hate to be like, I can see myself making a comment like this, but I think I can see when she's going to not be there for him on this dinner that was like, you know, we know how Randall is and we know that like he's sitting in the car. He won't go in without her. He's still like this insecure, anxious person and to not go into something that is new and scary and important with your teammate, I think was incredibly anxiety inducing for him as it would be for, for a lot of people. So in this moment and like, whatever, I get pissed off when people don't show up to like a play that I'm in and <laughs> like then I think they're going to be there. So like, I can definitely understand how he lashes out, especially when you're like to get drinks to talk about the future of the studio that you're not even that passionate about. Mm. That's not like a formal meeting right? versus like if it was her studio that she was running and mm-hmm. she had this big meeting. I don't know. Maybe that sounds terrible because maybe that sounds like if you're not on my level, then you're not as important to me. I don't know. But part of me feels like or some, I don't know. I'd like to believe if I'm arguing for team Randall, maybe part of him understood that this isn't her dream dream right this would be this is like a stepping stone to the dream that may be giving him too much credit but i feel i don't think it's right but i I can see how he got there right and i and i think to that point like i mean i kind of i will kind of say i'm a little bit in agreement with randall on that only because you know i think what's important to beth is that like she's new here and i think what you understand is that relationships are really important and why, you know, being the new person, would you kind of like, you know, further that that space between mm-hmm. you and your new coworkers. And that's why it's really important to her. But I, I understand that like in the scheme of things, in the grand scheme of things, there will be other drinks maybe with your coworkers. Yeah. Whereas right. like it's kind of, a, it's a very important dinner that he asked her to be at. But I also need to say, that one of the things, you know, we touched on the fact that when Beth asked him not to run, essentially, it was very out of character for her. They weren't being solution driven mm-hmm. in that moment. But I think what's so important and I think what becomes such an important fact for this argument is that she realized that it took her a little bit to come around. But mm-hmm. she realized that, hey, I, I did not keep that promise that we made all those years ago. And yeah. I didn't, you know, I, I encouraged you to step down. And that's not me. I'm supposed to encourage mm-hmm. you to go for it. So I'm back on this train. Let's go. Yeah. We're going to fight and I'm going to be here by you. Which is, you know, another reason that later when Randall asks her to step down with her dancing because they can't seem to, because, you know, they haven't thought hard enough about how to make it work. Why? It's such a blow to her to be mm-hmm. like, I, I I realized what I was doing. I realized on my part of things how to how to how to encourage you. How come you can't you can't figure out how to encourage me? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's huge. And that I really have no counter argument for. <laughs> <laughs> like he for her to be able to acknowledge when there was a misstep and he make so many missteps before acknowledging them. And and that's that's why I like I think really I probably do fall down on the side of Beth. <laughs> and I, I also think not to, you know, make this a huge gender discussion, but I think like a lot of women do end up being I said emotional head of the household is a compliment because I think that's a very important role in somebody's life. But I think what comes with being the emotional head of the re- household or like the I don't know, I think a lot of women are, end up being like martyrs in 
relationships and in families because they're like, I can handle this. I can take all of this on. Mm -hmm. I can take on our three daughters and your mental health issues and your ambitions and the fact that I'm struggling with what I want to do. And I can do this because I'm strong. And I think Beth is like one of those people, not because, and I don't think she does out of gender, um, obligations. I think she does it because she considers herself a strong person. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of like the flip of it, right? Where you're like, I'm a strong woman. I can take all of this on when like she should not have to. Randall should have been checking in with her of like, hey, I'm super passionate about this thing in this moment. I would love to check in with you and to see how you are feeling in your own life because I see you doing a lot of the Christmas shopping. Right. And I know that that's not your favorite thing. Right. You know, I think he misses a lot of moments. I do. I, can we talk about the nastiness? Is now oh, yes. an okay time? Now we're um, there. Mm-hmm. Now we're there. <laughs> um, the other thing I do want to bring up in this fight is this idea of these like two very nasty things they say to each other, right? right? Like he says, grow up, Beth, and you know, belittles her job. And she says, When was I supposed to do that in, in between anxiety attacks? And I guess I'm wondering, do you think that saying nasty things in a fight that are designed to hurt somebody, and both of them admit, mm-hmm. I think at different points, either in this episode or in you know, surrounding episodes that they said it to intentionally hurt the other person. Is that something you can come back from? Like, is that just a normal thing that happens in couples when you're fighting? Like, how do you acknowledge that and move forward from it? Because it does really hurt. Right. You know, I think it can go either way. I really think it just depends on what kind of couple you are. And I think it, it, you know, when you get to this point emotionally, where it's almost kind of like you just get away from yourself, like, you mm. understand that what you're saying is hurtful, but right. it's not it's not necessarily your intention to hurt the other person. And I think that, you know, that's an important distinction because, you know, I do think for some people, yeah, they do say a lot of hurtful things. And I just think that's <laughs> toxic. I just think you're yeah. not in a healthy relationship if right. that's the point you're getting to with all of your arguments all is just kind of like going in at the other person. Mm-hmm. But I do mm-hmm. think in this situation, you know, it just the emotions got the better of them. And I have seen, you know, just in my own personal life, witnessed um, situations where people have gotten pushed to the brink of saying a lot of what they were holding back and you truly, mm-hmm. and and you have, they have, they didn't come back from it. It's really hard. Mm. I think sometimes when you get to that point to not only forgive, but I think f- just like move past that. Like if those feelings were so real, how exactly do we move forward? Right. And I right. think in this scenario, like what I think ends up happening, you know, essentially at first, we don't necessarily know the way out, but for them, like their love is bigger than mm-hmm. those moments of, of right. you know, weakness and a breaking point for them. I think Beth and Randall, it's, it's bigger than that. And I think those little, those comments aren't who they are, right? Like right. to your point, it doesn't happen all the time. And the moment that it does happen, both of them, both of them apologize pretty immediately for what they said. I also think with both of those particular comments, they're from a very real place and they're not nice. But they're also not the underlying place that they're coming from is something kind of to be discussed. You know what I mean? The fact that Beth does feel this about Randall's anxiety attacks, like 
is coming from a real place. She doesn't call him the same fucking anxious loser that couldn't ask out, you know, like she doesn't <laughs> right. make it like fucking right. evil, right. you know? And that's maybe something where you're like, okay, you just named my like deepest, darkest anxiety and you did it to be mean right. versus like this just came out and it wasn't it wasn't nice, nice. But it was it was tr- it was but a little truthful real. yeah like it exists it's not right it's it exists and it's a bad color on me and i and i it won't happen again i think it's different between couples who are consistently going out of their way to say the meanest possible like to right. design to custom design the meanest <laughs> possible thing right and i think that's not what this is i think this was truly a heat of the moment it just it blurred it out Oof. but yeah but yeah yes. it's there but i think part of what they can move past in this is that like those two things that came up are things to be discussed right. and like do you really think my career is more important than yours is is the first thing from Randall's comment and and do you feel like the way that I deal with my mental health has like affected your life like those are things to talk about and I think that's part of how you move through right which leads us nicely to we're going to talk about now the fallout of this fight mm. the fallout of this fight and how they do because spoiler alert if you you know uh, i assume at this point if you're this far into the episode you are caught up on this is us but we know that they we know that they're still together yes. you know it looks like 20 years later so they do work it work through it so let's talk about what what they did and what we think we can learn from it in our own conflict resolution in our uh, non-fictional lives so Yeah, Beth, at first, she was saying she couldn't necessarily find the way out of this one, couldn't find the Mm -hmm. door into, yes, Mm -hmm. the next, you know, stage and phase of things. But I think, and something you mentioned earlier, like at that that moment earlier, they were not being a solution um, Mm -hmm. oriented couple. And I think that like Mm -hmm. says it so well, because when they're working well together, that's exactly what they are. And that's exactly what Beth ends up doing she says all right what's the situation like how exactly do we make this work and I think you just kind of have to open your field of vision a little bit more and maybe not be so like myopic about just focusing on what's not working this isn't working this isn't Mm -hmm. working how exactly Mm -hmm. can we you know figure out how to make it work and she does she figures out like that she has to, you know, we're going to move to Philly. We're going to like uproot ourselves and make it easier so that your commute isn't going to take away from your time with the family. And I am going to embark on this, you know, big dream, both feet in and kind of pull a Randall move in the sense where, you know, where he's like, he just makes the big leaps. And I think she mm-hmm. just was decided that she wanted to do that for herself. And I feel like yeah. for, for them, it just became about getting creative in in your solutions Mm -hmm. and i love that part of the solution is is something for her as well you know what i mean it wasn't like a let what's best for the family decision it was what was right for this couple and before i get into that i do think that rand we needed to see randall being willing to make the huge gesture and not what he gets what he and not get what he wants for once Mm -hmm. and being willing to step down from his city council role, despite knowing the consequences. I think that was important for him and for her and the growth and that like we needed to see him be willing to do it. I'm glad that she did not let him (laughs) because that's not who they are. And I love that the solution was to quote bet on themselves and come back to their roots of like, when we do things together, we're better. And they realized that they're not doing anything together right now. And that's why things are bad because they're not working together. So in the downsizing and the moving, so Beth can open the studio. I love that they make a decision that is about, (laughs) this might sound horrible. I love that they make a decision that is about them as a couple 
and kind of not about the kids. Like, <laughs> yes. Like, like, yes, it's not like, oh, I wonder if they'll, you know, find yeah, new friends at school. Yeah. Like, it's just like, no, we're just doing this. We're doing this. And like, you know, we, they've proven that they're wonderful parents time and time again. Right. So here's my sports analogy. I like, <laughs> Two. We got two. Here we go. I feel like this decision is almost like coaching a team, you know, mm-hmm. and when you're, uh, you know, you're close to the final buzzer <laughs> and the coach is like, OK, right now we need to prioritize if we're going to win this game, we need to prioritize putting our two strongest players on the court together so that they can work together and they will carry the rest of the team. Mm. But we need to do whatever we have to do to get these two best players off the bench. Right. Um, and, you know, in this analogy, they are uh, the family is the team. They are the players and they are also <laughs> the coach. Um, and I think that so often couples deprioritize solutions for their relationship if they affect the family affect the kids in any way it's almost like oh we can't do that because the kids would know or the kids would know that something's wrong and it's like usually the kids do know that something's wrong right. and i think and we see I find that it- like deja's like i deja yeah. has to go take randall on a big yeah because she's like Obviously. i can tell something's off yeah deja I, let's deja could you come on the pod deja should have a podcast that's my writing right. pitch so that, this is that that's the direction she should go yeah. i want to hear her speeches all day i find it so problematic when couples do this on tv and in our non-fictional lives that they are they don't make decisions that are best for their relationship because they have to do what's like quote best for the family but sometimes i think what is best for the relationship probably is best for the family yeah. and if they didn't move and downsize the relationship wouldn't last and then the team would lose mm. and we don't want our soccer team to lose no oh i was picturing no, basketball i know you know what i did make a basketball i thought was basketball but at the beginning was they were watching they were soccer. soccer yes so i just made like a little bit of a reference to our non-fictional lives and that like i i you know we see people in our lives work through fights all the time but i think that this idea of the fight we keep coming back to happens in all sorts of relationships, fictional and non. So do you think us non-fictional people can like take anything from this Randall and Beth situation? And and I guess what is your relationship to it in your non-fictional life? Uh, number one, that you do tend to kind of circle around the same issues sometimes. And I mm. use issues and I don't mean that to sound negatively, just like the things that you're working on, like you can come mm-hmm. back to them. I think that when you are in a relationship with someone that, you know, you, you will be taking on the emotional things that your partner is struggling with. And, you know, it's a, it's a, it's a consistent and it's an intentional thing to do. Um, When you do get into a relationship, I think that it's, it's inevitable that you'll encounter dealing with something that the other person is going through. And it's almost like an unspoken agreement and a decision that you make that you are like you're in a relationship with them you are going to take on what they're going through but i also think that it's important to relay that it is a choice like we all make our Mm -hmm. own decisions and our choices and i think that it's just about recognizing early on in the relationship if you do feel like for some reason that you're making more compromises in the person or that the bending isn't necessarily happening in an equal way and just voicing that and being honest about that because if you do let things slip little by little it'll you will erupt and it will un, un you know 
it will be ultimately really unfair to the person that you unleashed mm-hmm. all of that on them at one time um, just yeah. because like you didn't recognize it or couldn't voice it. Mm-hmm. That was incredibly well said. Um, yeah, I, I absolutely, I mean, I've had big, big fights um, and I absolutely recall having a fight that we like kind of kept coming back to and if I'm being honest, in a past relationship, I think I like have probably been the Randall in that I probably somewhere in me knew my partner wasn't being 100% honest with how they were feeling. And yes, that was somewhat on them for not like coming to me with that and then exploding it onto me when it did come up. But I think I was kind of having point of view that like, well, I'm self-expressed And I'm expressing how I feel very clearly because I'm in acting school. And so all I do is self-express. And you're telling me that you are saying everything, that everything is fine. So I'm just going to leave it at that. And look, we're such a great couple. We're such a great team. Aren't we so happy? And I think that what we learned from them is that part of being a great team is having the fight and having the long conversations at the end of the night and acknowledging that that is part of what makes you great. And I think that Randall and Beth speak to a lot of people that I know and love because they are ambitious as a couple and as individuals. And I think it's hard to make space for both things. And as someone who is an Enneagram 3 and constantly <laughs> um, craves things needing to look successful. And I think that this fight te- teaches us that like success isn't not fighting. Success isn't showing up at the dinner by your husband. It's having the fight and then finding the solution. Ooh, I like that. And and oh, it was really nice to see that. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, I think we know the answer, but let's just wrap it up with the, the age-old question is like, do you ship it? And by me, do you ship it? Like, do you ship Randall and Beth, like them as a couple on the show? And then do we ship like the idea of someone in a like Randall Beth dynamic in our real life? Absolutely. 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 <laughs> 100% ship Randall and Beth on the show. We all um, wanted them to be together. We all knew that that had to be the outcome. They were literally going to break everyone's heart if they weren't together. They're great. Um, and in real life, yes, ship that Randall and Beth dynamic. I'm trying to have that mm-hmm. in my own relationship. I would love to have some late night wine, you know, conversations oh, <laughs> or something or really nacho conversations. Yes, or nacho love- conversations. Um, all of those or just like, you know, walking and, and being able to check in really quickly and slyly in the mm-hmm. midst of like a kind of chaotic moment. Oh, being yeah. each other's point person. I I, I just yeah. I ship that. I ship that hard. Point person also feels like a sports analogy. I don't know that it is, but it kind of feels <laughs> like it is. Um, yeah, I unequivocally ship them. And I, I, I you know, had such like a, a reaction in watching this part of the show, this particular arc to this idea that Beth expresses of quote being swallowed up by somebody mm. because I think it kind of gave me language around this anxiety I've been having about getting in another serious relationship. Not that it's like really gotten close <laughs> to happening, but when I think about, you know, being in a big relationship again, I, I do, I'm terrified of losing myself in somebody because I like who I am. Sorry, but I like, like who I am so much. Yeah. And I empathize with Beth in, in fearing that. But also I want to be so deeply in madly in love with somebody the way that they are. And I want to look into somebody's eyes on my wedding and say, I think what she says to him or he says to her at their, on their vows is like, falling in love with you was the most worthwhile thing I've done with my life. And I really love my life. So if I'm saying that to somebody, they must be like pretty exceptional. 
but I want to, so I want to feel that way. And I still want to be fully individualized and actualized and powerful and made better by my partner as a teammate. And what I ship the most about Randall and Beth on the show and a Randall and Beth like partnership in our non-fictional lives is that they prove that you can have both if you're willing to fight for it and fight for it together. And that like, and, and that it's not always natural. You know what I mean? They're not just lucky that they found like, yes, they are lucky that they found each other. And as Deja says, like you won the lottery twice, but (laughs) twice, but it's not just luck. It's, it doesn't come easy or natural. It's work and it, and it, it is a fight. And I think, but I think if you find someone who is the Beth to your Randall, the Randall to your Beth, that they are going to be more than willing to to fight with you and yes. come out stronger. Yes. And it's just such an amazing example of love on TV. It is. I love them. I love them. Oh. I want to be like them. Oh, Tony, what a great conversation. I know. I'm I feel so... like we really went all around the block with them. <laughs> yeah. There's so I much to like... talk about. Well, everyone, if you have thoughts about Randall and Beth and this fight and what side you would come down on or who you're relating to, we'd love to hear about them. I'm going to share all of our socials. You can find the podcast at Talking Ship Podcast. Tony, um, are you active on social media? Do you, uh, can people find I do. You? I have an Instagram that is mm-hmm. Tony Lachelle underscore. Beautiful. Yes. And I will link it in the bio. And I'm at only Megan815. So everyone find us and share with us your thoughts. And you know, we'll keep the Randall Beth conversation going. And we'll be back next week with a new couple from TV and talk about, you know, why we ship them or don't and what we learn from them. And uh, we will see you then. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.